This is Anthony Manfredi. Hi, this is Opal Alipat. And this is the Performance Management TechCast podcast. Hi, welcome to the Performance Management TechCast. We are recording this in January 2021, and this is our third episode of our second season. Today, we're going to be focusing on narrative reporting from Oracle. We are delighted to have with us Al Marciante from Oracle and Jay Chapman from Sierra Cedar. Well, welcome, guys. It's nice to have some friends on this podcast episode. So why don't we start with both of you introducing yourselves? Al, why don't you go first? Sure. This is Al Marciante, and I'm a senior director of product management uh, for EPM. I had been in the EPM slash S-Base world, first as a customer dating all the way back to 1994, and then uh, moved into Arbor uh, with a vendor in 1997, and then transitioned to Hyperion and then to Oracle. So although 24 years sounds like a long time, uh, it's flown by and we've done a lot of great things during that time that we're excited to share on this, on this podcast. It's really amazing. I mean, it's, it's a feat to be 20 plus years in this industry. So congratulations. And Jay, talk to us about your personal technical journey. Sure. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Jay Chapman. I'm a senior consultant at Sierra Cedar. And I've been with the company for four years, been in the consulting space for five years. And prior to be- becoming a consultant, I've been a budget analyst, reporting analyst in the higher ed space for about 15-ish years. And that's where I got introduced to Hyperion. And the university that I worked at, we kind of went from Hyperion planning to public sector budgeting, and then we ended up migrating to the cloud. And I kind of left right after that implementation and jumped over to the dark side. And and here I am. Been using probably uh, reporting and EPM tools now for about 10-ish years or so, and excited to be here. Excellent. And Jay, so you're a consultant and I know that, you know, you and I are share the same space. You do a lot of narrative reporting consulting work. Which products do you actually implement most within the suite and why do you enjoy using this particular reporting solution? You know, it's funny, the, my, the timing of me becoming a consultant, I think was perfect because Oracle was already in the cloud at that point. And I came in around 2015, 2016. So narrative reporting or formerly known as EPRCS had just come on the scene. So I was introduced very quickly to PBCS or planning now, and then getting to use uh, narrative reporting on the consultant side. You know, to answer your question, probably both in tandem, I think are are the two uh, products that I've implemented the most. In looking at narrative reporting, I just love the fact that it's a one-stop shop. Whether you're in a private sector, whether your company's public, whether you're on the public sector side, you know the tool has everything that you your organization needs to, to to report. You know whether it's regulatory, whether it's you know management type reporting, whether it's annual reports, budget books. You know you name it, this tool does it, and it's gotten better and better and better, which I have loved to have witnessed, you know, from infancy to now. So I kind of compare it to, you know, someone like Al who's been in the business for 20 odd years, who's seen S-Base and Hyperion evolve. I get to say, I've seen narrative reporting evolve 
It's so. a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Al, you know, as one of the product managers and kind of over all of reporting and especially narrative reporting, why don't we take a moment to kind of talk about what is narrative reporting? Uh, why do people need narrative reporting and what business problems does it help clients solve? Sure, absolutely. So people have had reports forever. I, I certainly with the number of years I mentioned as a vendor, those numbers of years went on even before that uh, as a customer and prior to being a customer. So, you know, I was on the programming side, whether I was working on uh, compensation systems, whether I was working on custom built GL systems back in the day, we were always doing reporting and we can consume numbers. And if it's a variance report, yeah, you can make some assumptions about whether a variance is good or bad, but really what's left there, you're giving the people the what. They could see that sales were down by 2% or that costs are up by 5%, but left on your mind is really all the actionable information you need to consume that and then figure out next steps. Cause obviously you want to address the problem areas that need to be addressed. So, you know, within a narrative report, you start to talk about the who, when, where, how, and why, right? So it's, so it's a lot of that additional really contextual and actionable information that's missing from just pure, pure reports. In almost every business process, it doesn't matter whether it's EPM or not, there's really the need to communicate that result to stakeholders. Stakeholders may be internal uh, to the organization, they may be within the company or within your functional area, or they may actually be external or a mixture of both. Uh, we were used to back in the day, sitting in conference rooms, putting up charts or looking at maybe a dashboard on screen and then providing that narrative to the audience live. But a lot of us are at arm's length from these today, whether it's because we're working remotely or more importantly, because information is being distributed to more stakeholders on a more regular basis now. So you don't always have that luxury of somebody standing there telling you what to interpret from this report. And one of the easiest examples, and Jay mentioned it within the public sector, is things like a budget book. So if you go to your city's website, you can go look at that budget book. And it's not just about the financials. Yeah, they'll tell you about the taxes they're gonna collect and what different departments are, are being allocated what funds. But more importantly, you see what all those city functions, what their plans and objectives are for the next year, what they're gonna spend, what you can expect to happen within there, whether it's beautifying parks, whether it's fixing roads, whatever it is, they're telling you why they're getting this money and how they're gonna put it to good use. And the same is true for companies. So whether it's budget books, project funding proposals, ops reviews, quarterly business reviews, whatever you call them, we spend a lot of time writing those narratives today. And generally companies do it in various tools. They may be sharing some of this back and forth in Word documents and emails and Slack messages. And then somebody is responsible for transposing that or copy pasting it or something into some format that they're gonna to use to centralize or consolidate all this information and distribute it to the stakeholders. And really that's what narrative reporting does as part of it, right? So Jay mentioned that it does narrative or report packages, we call them. It also does uh, some of the disclosure regulatory type reporting, which are things that go to the SEC as an example. And then you also have management reporting, but it really provides that way for all these different folks that contribute to these different narratives to collaborate together in a centralized environment in a secure method so that I can only, you know, I may only work on an area of a report that I'm responsible for and I don't see the other information because it may be sensitive, but ultimately it all needs to come together to get delivered to somebody. So it provides all that security workflow, review capabilities. So uh, management folks can review information, annotate, provide guidance or whether clarifications are necessary. 
And it also provides the ability to easily embed that reporting data that's coming perhaps from other EPM business processes, perhaps your GL, maybe from other systems, provide that ability to link that information in for one button update for that information, right? So I'm not copy pasting, I'm not worrying about typing over data that may be sitting in a grid. It also allows me to roll forward because these all have periodicity. Most of these reports we do on a regular basis, whether it's monthly, quarterly, or, or what have you, it provides those capabilities. Lastly, the other area that we've really done within narrative reporting is a new reporting tool set. So hopefully that provides some context around what narrative reporting means to uh, Oracle and within EPM Cloud. Yeah, that was very informative. What are the trends that you guys are seeing in this reporting space? A couple of things. I, we work primarily within the public sector or with the organization public sector. So government agencies, counties, cities, groups like that. And one of the big sort of buzzwords that have been, it's been around for a while, but you're really seeing it, particularly at the government level, is transparency. We want our stakeholders, whether they're county citizens or, or just, just people outside, to read these reports and understand what's going on. See the numbers, have explanations that describe the why, uh, the how, uh, the, some of the things that, that I was, was, was mentioning. And we can do that, whether it's a management report or in a budget book. That's one thing. And then the other kind of trend is just more qualitative information. It kind of plays along with the transparency piece, but more description, more narrative that explains, you know, again, the numbers that we see on paper. And the delivery method through the web is generally how people are getting this information. Yeah. I, I mean, we've seen reports posted on websites, you definitely, you know, budget books, CAFRs, uh, the comprehensive annual financial reports, things like that. Those big type of narrative reports being published on the web. And Al, did you guys see something different when you guys were putting together this product? Yeah, I think as, as Jay mentioned, we've evolved the offering since we first released it. And certainly there's been a couple of trends we've been focusing on there, but, but consistent with Jay, right? More and more narrative, more and more transparency, more and more ability for engagement of the collaboration through that process, right? So before it'd be a little bit of an arm's length, post your documents to this uh, file share or something else, and then I'll worry about copy pasting them in. Instead of having the system provide that for you and seeing the benefit of having these people engaged throughout the process, it reduces that, that time cycle so they can react to feedback coming in from people that are reviewing the information or providing uh, notes, markups within the report to tell them that they need to add more clarity or refer to other uh, content we published here to use that same language, whatever that may be. And then, you know, we're also seeing richer content wanting to be placed into these reports, richer and richer graphics instead of old bar charts and pie charts and other things. And then we're, we're really seeing a need where people start asking about narrative generation. So certain reports, yeah, call out the top five things from the table I'm looking at and just put that as a narrative text box on it on a specific report. And then lastly is going along with the different chart types is also richer publications. PowerPoints tend to be more graphical. We're seeing more graphics being put into textual type report packages and then even all the way to producing things in Adobe and design style format, which I'll talk about a little bit later in this podcast, but certainly we're seeing those trends as well. Wow, it's a big space. What's the landscape looking like from a competition standpoint? Oracle is generally the leader in, in the EPM space, but is there anything else that's out there that you guys are dealing with? 
Yeah, we're certainly certainly seeing from an EPM vendor standpoint, and there we're seeing a lot of the EPM vendors also picking up on this narrative solution because it's just becoming core to that process. You know, whether you're dealing with consolidations, whether you're dealing with planning data, whether you're dealing with allocations data or tax provisioning, those types of things, you want to have that narrative, that integrated solution that could pull that data directly there. There's also some pure play vendors that are more focused on a certain area. So it may just be reporting only. They don't have other EPM solutions. One of their primary issues is largely that they have to extract data out of those source systems. They have to move it into another repository, which adds another layer of validation. Nothing was lost in transition and could, you know, increase the reporting cycle time because now as data is being finalized and, and approved within the source system, like during a consolidation process, you have to, you know, schedule when you're going to extract that data and push it into another system. What about you, Jay? Have you had any experience working with anything else or seen anything else out there? Not any particular product. You know, I, it's funny. I think one of the biggest competitors to this is Microsoft. Microsoft, Microsoft Word. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, just taking that data grid out of Excel, copying it, pasting it into Word. I mean, that, I think a lot of, a lot of folks that we've worked with, I mean, that's that's the way they do it. That's the way they build their their budget books and, and, and everything else. What no. do you say to clients though, Jay, when they say that what, what's what's the differentiator for you when when you show them that? Yeah, you know, I always love to say, look, you're getting a tool where you can combine narrative and data in a single secure environment. You don't have to worry about data being tampered with, formatting being changed, you know, due to the copying and pasting, you know, all that formatting mm-hmm. stuff pretty much goes out of the window. You have one style sheet that trolls the look and feel of your report package, for example. And I think they start to understand the benefits of that, you know, kind of slowly, but then when they when they realize, oh, I just, you know, took this Excel reference docklet, uploaded it to the cloud, and now automatically all of my grids have changed and I can't, I can't mess with the numbers. I can't change the numbers or thinking about the pain points of having an Excel document that they've maybe sent to, you know, 15 different people and the original person gets that document back and the links are broken and this data point has changed in this cell, you know, cause somebody inadvertently changed it. All that goes out of the window. And, and so I think those types of things get people on board. And then once they really get into it and they start to see it, then sort of those other tools that they've used that can't do all the things that narrative yeah. reporting can do, uh, they, they kind of move on from that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Al, you guys said that you pretty much started this product from scratch, right? Yes, it doesn't have an on-premises counterpart within the Hyperion EPM catalog. It's net new for the cloud offering. Based off of that, what do you feel like you guys are getting right? What are you doing wrong with the product? Is there anything you would have done maybe different when you started up? Well, I think where we're getting it right, and, and I won't lie, I'm biased being from the better, but <laughs> I'd say where we're getting it right. Our, our fundamental thing when we started was the recognition that for at least the initial wave of narrative reporting, customers were doing this already today. They had documents, they had you know Excel reports, they had financial reports, whatever that would be. They had those you know artifacts already there, and whether they were copy pasting, putting them into Word, throwing them on file shares, whatever. We wanted to start with, hey, we can get you up and running quickly. Our offering with narrative reporting, it, it's primarily an end user driven system. We wanted to really have ease of use. When we go to cloud today, you're pretty self-sufficient. That's been kind of our goal since we started. And we've seen that. There's certainly um, 
more complex reporting processes that our partners and others have implemented. And we've also seen where customers have done some self-implementations. I wouldn't say where we're getting it wrong, but Jay nailed it almost because he said, you know, office is, is one of the biggest blockers, I would say, to narrative reporting. But I would also say it's smart view. We've had great tools for a long time. So I, I would say where we, I wouldn't say where we're getting it wrong, but it's just more of continuing to advocate and evangelize how this, you know, that customers really have an opportunity. So I think just making sure that customers understand this is within their product suite now. And so that's an area that we continue to pursue and to advocate to our customers. Great. Jay, would you agree? Anything you want to add there? A couple of things, like having the ability to tap into multiple data sources, I think is one area that Oracle got it right with this product. A lot of folks that we work with that use budgetary control, for example, love that feature. And, and I also agree with, with Al on understanding the complete business flow. And we're seeing that a lot now when with these kind of full 360 implementations where organizations are, are implementing ERP financials and or HCM, which is human capital management, and then EPM cloud, whether they're using the planning tool or using something else within that suite, you know, you're seeing kind of the whole picture. All right, let's talk about the landscape for 2021 for narrative reporting. So Al, what upcoming narrative reporting features should customers be watching out for this year? Sure, well, I think one that many people will be excited about. First of all, if you're a customer today, if you just have planning or you just have FCC, so financial consolidations, whether you're old SKU, you know, the old PBCS, FCCS, or whether you're under EPM cloud now, the management reporting tool set that I mentioned earlier, that, that is a much more uh, intuitive report experience, reporting experience, enhanced graphics and charting types and everything else. Coming up here, plan very shortly, and there's a Customer Connect webcast we just did a week or so ago, is the transition to that tool set actually being within our platform. So that means over time, you'll have the ability to migrate from FR to this new reporting tool set. It already does migration or automatically migrates your reports over. FR will still be there for a given amount of time, but eventually it'll replace FR. So first of all, that's that's really an exciting thing. So yes, within narrative reporting, you have this tool set that gives you a centralized place, as, as Jay mentioned, to pull data from planning and consolidations and the GL all into one report. Within the, that, the business process or within those individual SKUs, it's just doing that single source reporting like FR does today. So with that in mind, one of the enhancements we're, we're going to be delivering there is bursting to Excel. So I just saw uh, a demo of this recently. So customers have asked for a while, hey, I want to burst uh, reports to Excel. And so we're going to be adding that feature in there um, over in a pretty short order. Um, we're also looking to do uh, shared docklets. So what we've seen customers do within a narrative report is they say, well, I have a certain section of my report package or a certain uh, you know, chapter or whatever you want to call it within there, but I need this content to exist in multiple report packages that I'm producing at the same time. So really making that much easier to have a single place where you're managing it, authoring it, deciding when it's available to be pushed over to the other report packages to get that update. Um, we'll be doing that too. So shared docklets is another area that folks have been asking for. Uh, interestingly enough, another area I can't say we're delivering it over this year, but but an interesting thing that's come up is kind of around this auto translation. So I have a report that I'm producing and you see this more in European countries where they have to do it within their local language, but they also need to produce it in English as well, as an example. Um, and so- that's exciting. 
Yeah, and kind of being able to do that translation, recognizing that not everything actually translates cleanly. Um, you know, it's just like using Google Translate today. I always try after I go from uh, English to Italian, and then you try to go take that same word that you got during that translation and go Italian back to English. It doesn't always come out the same, right? So, you know, you just have to allow for people to tweak or to alter those uh, translations. And then how do you maintain that going forward? So as you have other iterations of that, you could continue to get that. You, you'll obviously see that in things when you refer to an account or something else that you're calling out, you know, it, it may not translate cleanly. So, so that's one area, not quite sure, but that's kind of a, an area of research we're doing. Another area that we are doing, uh, spending a lot of time in is, as I mentioned earlier, about Adobe and design integration. So this isn't about just pushing it one time there, but being able to refresh it as you go through the cycle. So there are customers that want to use this. You, you generally get those requests when they're using it to produce, say, an annual report. An annual report is very graphically rich, has lots of bolded text and all these other things. They still want all that text and narrative to go through that normal process, but they also want their creative arts department or external reporting group or who's ever managing what that's going to look like, be able to do all those mock-ups, get other pictures and, and images and other things within that report and still have that narrative flow in there. So that's an area that we're uh, working through to also deliver. And then, and then one other area within our disclosure management area. So we support, um, you know, doing the XBRL tagging and submitting to the SEC, et cetera. One of the areas that we delivered previously, which is kind of around our, you know, artificial intelligence or natural language processing or pattern matching or whatever you want to call it, was we did some things around auto tagging. So once you have your taxonomy, you provide some high level information uh, in your document, um, it could go through and do auto tagging. One of the other areas that we're doing is integrating it to the report package process. When we initially delivered it, we treated it as a separate type of narrative report, but being part of the report package provides it the ability to have things like workflow and, um, and some of the review capabilities and other things that, that we did not have in the standard uh, delivery of disclosure management. So that's another area that we have on our list to deliver, and that's coming up pretty shortly as well. And then lastly is really looking at more capabilities, as I mentioned, about auto-generation of narrative, capturing additional you know, narrative through that process. So those are kind of the high level. We do regular updates. We try to innovate you know, pretty quickly in terms of what we could deliver out. So there's a whole host of other things you'll be seeing uh, throughout the year, but those are kind of the high level items that, that we're pretty excited about. Well, I'll tell you what, that is a pretty long and impressive list. I'm very excited about auto narration and what's happening um, with AI and that in particular. Jay, what are you excited about from that list? Yeah, I have to agree with you, Opal, that I have on my, my list here. that The auto generation of narrative, I think, for me by far is the most exciting feature. And and I, there's conditional text that exists, you know, currently where we're able to kind of at least provide some conditions based on some uh, some some text based on some conditions, you know, and and, and have that present in reports. But I, I think seeing that go to another level, I don't know how many of the listeners play play um, fantasy football through Yahoo, but Yahoo does that where, where after the end of the week, it produces this auto-generated text based on the player's results and the points and things like that. And it's like a whole paragraph, but it's so cool how, how that just kind of spits out something that's almost like well-written and very informative um, based on data. And so to see that kind of same thing evolve and, and hopefully make its way into narrative reporting, I think is a game changer 
and particularly for report analysts who, you know, it's their job to kind of, you know, review those numbers and, and come up with, with some kind of explanation to have that already done for them, where they can just say, yep, that looks good. You know, some of the other things I've touched on, the bursting to Excel is going to be huge. You know, coming from higher ed, we always exported our reports to Excel, always. Everybody did it. So to have a, a feature like bursting, it's going to be great. And then lastly, the Adobe InDesign, you know, working with big type of, of uh, reports like annual reports as Alan mentioned, CAFRs, you know, there is a lot of kind of art, that artsy side to those, those books. And, you know, InDesign is a great tool to be able to do that. So yeah, all, all really fun things. Again, you know, it's great because this is the one tool I think within the stack that is very innovative and does change and does evolve uh, on a more frequent basis. So Al, let's talk about your team strategy for collaborating with Oracle customers. How do you prioritize which new features to implement? Sure, great. This this is a great question because we actually see customers asking this or, or wanting to know. So really, this has been a strategy for Oracle for all the cloud solutions. So my, my first directive to any customer or any podcast listener here that's an Oracle Cloud customer, regardless of what cloud product you have, you should register on Customer Connect yesterday, right? So uh, within there, we have our forums. So those are all the places you can ask uh, how-to questions, tips and tricks, best practices, all those things that if you call support, support really can't give you a lot of information there, but places where people like Opal and Jay and all our other folks with uh, field experience can, can provide you guidance as well as other customers sharing their experiences. And aside from that, we also do events there. And events can even be customer driven or special interest driven. So if, you, if you've just kind of been passive and you've participated when we do what's new, what's coming, or you saw the more recent one that I mentioned on the new reporting tool coming into the EPM cloud platform, you know, there's also get togethers there. And those can be user initiated. Those can be uh, customer initiated, I mean, or partner initiated. Those aren't things that that product management does. Those are purely at your request. And, and if you want us to join, if you want product management to join, you can ask us to join if you have a specific topic that you think we can add value to. And then lastly, that's really where our enhancement request process moved to. So previously you would call into support, you would log in SR, uh, we determine, or they'd say, oh, this is really an enhancement. It's not a, it's not a bug. It's kind of working as design. And then it gets entered into our system, but you kind of lose track of what it is. Other customers don't know what's in the queue either. So um, the Idea Labs is really a place where not only you describe what you want and could give us use cases, right? So the one thing is just to put two sentences in, it'd be great to do blah. It's the old, you gave me what I asked for, but not what I wanted. So we really look for those to have some clarity behind them, you know, a use case. But more importantly, as somebody that's on Customer Connect, you should look at those. You should add your voice, vote on them. Or if you look at that use case and you go, that's almost 90% of what I need. And if you just do this extra 10%, this will make my life easier. It'll allow more users to use the system. It'll reduce our reporting time, whatever that is, you know, add your voice to those because we do look at them. We do look at votes and, and not just ballot 
box stuffing votes, right? So you can ask everybody in your organization to vote on it, but we also look for unique companies, right? We wanna make sure that where we're investing our time yields large benefit. That doesn't mean we won't do other ones that have few votes, we'd look at all of them, but that's where product management is engaged in monitoring. That's the only door, if you will, to get enhancements in today. So, you know, you can lobby us and say, I log this, I really need this, you know, we'll take a look at it, we'll work with you on it, but that is the place you enter those. So. That's our primary engagement 24 seven for the most part, you know, that you can get from us. Aside from the events that we do, and certainly a number of my colleagues, we always do webinars with, with our partners as well. So when our partners say, hey, we wanna do best practices in financial clothes, you're gonna see Rich Wilkie on that generally, they'll ask him to attend, or Mark Seewald on a planning, or Shankar on uh, scenario modeling. So we do a lot of that there. You know, we're on LinkedIn. Uh, you see us, you know, posting when our partners have things like recently we're Opal's ad and the NRL state of business analytics, I believe it was called that they just did the other day. So we like to advertise those, but we're also on LinkedIn. You can connect with us there as well. So we always look to engage with our customers and hopefully soon uh, we'll be able to see you all at conferences in person as well. So that's probably the biggest area we can uh, have an ongoing dialogue with our customers on a regular basis. Oh, thank you. I want to try and focus on a little bit on some of the consulting side. Jay, how do you actually start or approach a consulting engagement for uh, narrative reporting? You dive into it, you, you know, really getting them to understand the, the benefits of why, you know, it makes sense to build this book, report, set of reports, whatever it is in, in this tool. Talk about, you know, just, just, the ease of it. And, and, and more importantly, and it's something I don't think we've really touched on during this podcast is the, the collaborative feature of it, being able to, to bring in multiple, uh, whether they're subject matter experts or, you know, just people from your department who work on the, on, on that report package, bringing them in, allowing everybody to be able to put their hands on it at the same time uh, versus doing it in Word where you just have to email it, you know, back and forth to one another, or one person is responsible for collecting all these Word documents and having to merge them into one, right? So kind of going through that process. And then once we kind of get them to understand it and see it, then we can kind of take it from there and then build out the rest of the, the book, for example. Well, that makes sense. So, you know, once you've gone through that process, what are the biggest challenges that you usually have when you're working with the, with, you know, the adoption of it? So when clients are trying to actually start using it? That, great question. Number one off the bat is a lot of folks think that it's a one, a, you push a button and it just automatically creates itself. And it's, it's a tough one because, you know, Opal, myself, Al, some of Al's colleagues, we've spoken on this tool. We've, uh, you know, at conferences, we've done trainings, customer connect, you know, classes, all these things. And until people are actually using the tool um, and getting into it is, is really the moment where they understand, oh, because when you're coming in, so let's say you, you know, you're, you're getting a demo, you're seeing it and like you come in like, okay. And you, you don't realize the time it takes to kind of build that first uh, iteration of, of the report package or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and, and to understand, okay, you know, we got to set it up. We got to set up our variables. We got to set up, you know, different things so that when it's time to, to eventually create the, the, the actual book, um, 
you know, we're just maybe changing a few things. We're, we're, uh, we're refreshing our data. Uh, we're changing um, some, some narrative here and there. Um, so all that time it takes to, to do all that, we've already done that. Uh, so, so people don't understand that right away. Again, they think that you push a button and ma it magically creates something and, and off you go. And so that's a challenge to get them to understand, particularly if they think, oh, I can create this document in you know, two months because I have a deadline uh, where it's like, well, that's, that's kind of tricky. You know, we, we, can we do it? Yeah, but we got all hands on deck. We really got to focus um, versus maybe after, either doing it in parallel or, or after they're done their original process, okay, let's, let's recreate it in the narrative reporting. Um, and then we're ready to go for the next year's budget book. So I, I think for me, that's, that's been the biggest uh, challenge uh, because once they get over that, then, and, and, they, and they understand the ease of use and understand how, how really awesome this tool is, um, it just gets better and easier and easier and easier. Al, from out. your... From your side, what are the issues that you see from clients when they're when they're actually using it or adopting the software? Sure, I think part of it is just you know a customer will come and say we need to get off of Excel for doing our account reconciliations. We're actually looking for an account reconciliation solution that we can standardize on. We want connected planning uh, processes across the organization for integrated business planning. We need a planning tool, right? I mean, very few customers are sitting there going you know, we think our narrative reporting process is broken. So we need to look for something there. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is just that recognition, as I was saying, is I think it resonates more when you address it within that business flow itself versus just being kind of this outboarded thing. So even as we sell it or we're positioning it to customers, we never want it to be like, oh, great. So you saw everything cool we could do in consolidations. You like the task management, you, you know, the, the full financial close or the count racks. Oh, by the way, I have this other thing if you want it that you can use called narrative reporting. We want to make sure they see it in that. I would say secondly is also, again, there's kind of more of a top down to get those bigger things in place. We need to manage our enterprise data. We're going to do a finance, you know, we're going to do a digital transformation in finance. When it comes to narrative reporting, even where we have customers that have adopted it and see great success, the other impediment is getting that to share that across our organization so that as other teams, as I mentioned, almost every functional team is doing something with narrative reporting um, or, or providing narratives to something, is making sure that they see that this is something that they can use as well. I see those more of the you know, barriers, if you will, uh, that you kind of press through to try and get. What's a time frame for an implementation look like? It all depends. You know, the, I just finished um, having a client build a budget book uh, just last week, and their total size of that book was 130-ish pages, and about 50 of those pages were all reports, and the rest was, was, was some narrative. But that took on and off two months. We had holidays in there and stuff like that. So, you know, if we, probably, if we worked on that thing, you know, every day, we probably probably would have had it done less less than a couple of weeks, but that that's a very s small booklet. Annual reports and things out there that are 700 plus pages, you know, so that could take a little bit longer. So there's a lot of factors, but it just depends on you know how many people are working on it, kind of where they are in sort of the budget cycle. Are they still kind of waiting for a budget to be finalized? Are they done? What do you think, Opal? 
So I'm also going to give the traditional consultant response of it depends, right? So, <laughs> well, I, I, um, I get asked this question all the time, though. A lot of my pre-sales work is really around uh, the suite of narrative reporting. So we've got a couple of complicating factors here, right? We have three different tools in the suite and they do work together. Don't get me wrong, but it just depends on what reports are they trying to create or migrate or convert and how complex are they, right? So converting FR to MR, really not a huge deal. Um, there's better report integrity with management reporting. So that's uh, usually maybe a couple of weeks for a couple hundred reports or something, just really depends. Um, but the report packages on that side, you know, it definitely depends on how complex that report package ends up being. Probably takes about a week to do one, um, depending on how many pieces of reports are in there. But that's why we have to do these really detailed scoping calls. Do you get either of you guys have anything you'd like to plug? Any upcoming events? Anything? Well, I'll go first. Uh, so I'm speaking at the RMOUG, the Rocky Mountain Oracle User Group virtual conference on February 11th. And I will be uh, talking about this very topic, narrative reporting, and, and some of the, the other reporting features um, out there in the reporting landscape. Uh, I believe I'm at one o'clock mountain time, Thursday, February 11th. So uh, I look, look forward to having you guys there. I do have a blog, functionally.technical.blog, but I haven't really written a whole lot lately. So it's there. I hope to get back into it. I, You're not I do. supposed to say that out loud, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I, I, I really want to start again. So do uh, miss engaging with, with, with folks on there. And the last thing for me is I'm the uh, OD Tug EPM community lead. And, you know, we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for folks who want to give back to the EPM community, you know, whether you're a planning user, narrative reporting, you know, financial consolidation, whatever it is, HFM, we're, we're always looking for content. We're always looking for blogs. We're always looking for webinars. And again, just volunteers who just want to make our community great. Feel free to reach out to me, j.chapman at crstheater.com. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to help you out. Then from my standpoint, we're starting to come around that cycle again of, of different conferences and things. So I think uh, the, the bigger one coming up for us is we always participate in the OATUG as well, the Collaborate Conference. We'll have a few sessions there, but one of the ones, if you're listening to this and maybe you still have a Hyperion on-prem footprint, we'll have a session there on the uh, EPM, uh, Hyperion EPM uh, roadmap strategy, in addition to some sessions on financial close and on uh, planning, et cetera. So that's on the horizon. I know that Oracle also has an Oracle Live event coming up. I don't quite know if we'll have some representation by Matt Bradley or one of the other folks from the EPM side doing some specific sessions. Um, left up in the air. I, I don't know from a, a MBX standpoint, I believe that they moved that to open world to begin with, but obviously that didn't happen last year. So stay tuned on that. And then we obviously have the OD Tug conference, K-Scope coming up that many of us are working feverishly on reviewing sessions and other things to, to put out the best content as always. That aside from the customer connect events that are go going there. So we have a standing Thursday session on Customer Connect uh, that's dedicated to EPM. And I work with our team of PMs to generate um, different topics there. So definitely look back too. So if you just joined Customer Connect because I kind of guilted you into it earlier in this podcast, go look at prior events. There's been a four-part planning session that's been there, but Dave Roberts did a great 
deep dive on building awesome reports with management reports, which is the reports you're going to see in the platform. So if you want to go learn and learn more about this reports, just go look at that session from a prior event and you can go look at that webinar, download the slides, et cetera. So stay tuned there because you'll see a lot of events uh, come up, subscribe to the event forum and, or the event uh, forum and you'll, and you'll get, you know, notifications of any events we have coming up that are, that are hosted on customer connect. So this was a really great discussion and we appreciate everyone sharing their expertise on Oracle's narrative reporting suite. Thank you, Jay and Al for your time today. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening. The statements in this show represent the views of the participants and the hosts and not necessarily the views of any organizations they may be affiliated with. You can reach us on Twitter, Anthony at The Manfredi and Opal at Woman in EPM with the hashtag PMTechCast. Please remember to subscribe to get the latest from the Performance Management TechCast.